I've got to end 2023 with a bang, so it's only right to end with a dating and boys topic since those are my most popular right now. Let me give you a quick rundown of how we're going to do this here because there's a lot going on. I wrote down some of my 2023 dating highlights, failures, and embarrassing moments of mine. I also asked you guys to send me in any topics or questions or superlatives you want answered relating to the dating scene So we're covering those too, and of course there are some awards given out at the end of the episode for our fan favorite voice memos characters, so stay tuned until the end because I'm dropping a whole lot of tea. Unfortunately, this episode will be dropping before a final Brady's debut of the year. I haven't been there on a Thursday in months, but my friends don't have work this week, and some new people are home, so it's looking like a Brady's Thursday night after all. But the Jets have a game at 8.15, so maybe I'll just be camping out there. Who knows? I might be there too long, <laughs> but we will see. So welcome back to the finale episode of 2023. I'm your host, Kara, And unfortunately, another disclaimer here, this episode is for the 35 and under club. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Everyone else, we're going to have to shut it down. And I'll get some new episodes for you guys out soon. My voice is a little lower today, so hang with me, but the common theme with the feedback I've been getting lately is that these episodes have been relatable because a lot of people are trying to navigate different attachment styles and learn to stand on business, but it's still been hard standing on business lately, let me tell you, especially when the business is hot. Like, what am I supposed to do here when I'm attracted to the business? (laughs) Like, I need more help, but here we go. I have a lot to share today. I'm going to rip the band-aid off with this personal moment. I feel like this is one of my top, just biggest fears, especially for girls. But at least for me, this is like one of my like worst fears with guys. And I did, in fact, get my period in a man's bed in his white sheets. A rough moment for me. I was definitely embarrassed. It wasn't like a whole surprise. I did communicate to him like, here's the deal, dude. It's that time of month. I'm at the end of my period. And he was cool about it, put a towel down, but I woke up the next morning and there was just some some blood spots on the sheets. Now would have been a good time for those like godforsaken navy frat boy sheets to like not make it stand out as much, but nope, just pure, clean, white sheets. Ugh, just, I freaked out to my therapist about it, but I was like, at least he was like nice and mature. And she humbled me. She was like, as he should be, he is a full grown adult he is a man, it would be a red flag if he handled this any other way, Kara. And you did let him know beforehand, it's not embarrassing, it's not a big deal, it's a natural thing, like, bodies do. I mean, that made me feel a little bit better, but still, just rough moment, don't love that for myself. (laughs) Another awkward moment of mine is, so I have this gray champion hoodie that is, in fact, not mine. Its original owner is a podcast character, and one day I see my father is wearing it. And I said, you're wearing my sweatshirt. And he was like, since when? This is mine. But I knew it didn't belong to him because it had a hole in the left sleeve cuff from the guy that gave it to me. I wasn't going to tell him that. I'm not going to correct him and tell him, nope, actually, it's a past guy of mine. Like, no, I'm going to pass on that. We can leave that out. But just awkward. Like, he's walking around in my past boy sweatshirt. I stole it back, though, eventually. I haven't seen it in a minute, though. I might have gotten rid of that, so... Might be, if that guy is listening. But another sweatshirt story is I was wearing a hoodie that belongs to another man of mine. 
I've only worn this sweatshirt like a handful of times because with my luck, I'm going to be wearing it in public and I'm going to run into him and I am just terrified of that. It's a nice ass sweatshirt though. I'm pulling that out for the these winter months. It's like great quality. It's really warm. <laughs> but I wore it to the airport one time and brought it on a trip with me. And I got complimented three different times by three different people. Even my friends too said something, but I was like not about to unpack like the owner of this sweatshirt. I don't need that in my life. But I've never been complimented on a hoodie so many times. I don't think I've ever actually ever been complimented on a hoodie. But people were eating this one up. Like, it's a nice sweatshirt again. And I don't think he was intending on me keeping keeping it. I even offered when I was leaving, like, hey, if you want this back, text me. I'll leave it out this weekend. But I am a smart woman and fully knew he would never initiate that text. So I was in the clear. I was keeping this thing. And I do feel guilty about it sometimes. But when that happens, I literally, I like actually do this myself. I run down a list in my head about everything he's done to me and I'm just like okay yeah like I'm keeping this freaking sweatshirt now moving on to the time I was hit on by a Hoboken cop I've been sitting on the story for a while this was like back in October and you can take one guess what I was wearing that night the infamous skirt so I'm in Hoboken for a housewarming party went to a bar and then everyone was kind of heading home and it was just my friend and I were like let's go to a different bar let's go meet guys like we look good tonight And something about this night, I was just not holding my alcohol well. And we know I've been cutting it back a lot recently, but it wasn't going great for me this evening. And we get to the next bar and it's just us two and I do not feel good. Something about me is I don't like ruining the night for other people. I don't want, I don't want to feel like a burden. I don't want people to have to ever take care of me. So I was like, I just have to leave. She and my friend just met a guy and I was like, I don't want to make her have to go home. Like, I'm just going to remove myself. So I was like, I'm going to call an Uber. She's like, okay, text me when you get back. I get in this Uber and I'm just like spinning now. I'm like, oh God. We're like so close to Texas, Arizona. And I was like, pull over right now. I get out. I'm across the street from Texas. I'm like kind of like by the path station. And I start puking, just like head between my knees in the middle of the street, like by myself. I'm crouched down on the sidewalk now. A guy comes over to me with the water and he's like, you look like you could use this. He's a water bottle. I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. And he hands me this water bottle and goes, you're really cute, by the way. Can I have your Instagram? Bro, I have like probably vomit like crusted on my mouth right now. Like my eyes are watering. My hair, like he thinks I'm attractive, whatever. I give him my Instagram. I like barely remember this. And I don't know if he tells the cops I'm over there alone or who does, who does. But a couple minutes later, thankfully I'm standing by them, but two cops walk over and said, like, someone said you fell to the ground. Are you okay? And I was like, yes, like one of my guy friends are coming for me. Thankfully, I knew some of my older guy friends were out at that time. So I called one of them and I was just like, please help me get home. I just threw up on the sidewalk. I feel okay, but I'm scared to be alone. He says he's on the way. And then after the cops came over, I texted him again and was like, there are cops with me right now and they walked away but then I was just feeling uncomfortable like it's Hoboken at night there's weird people around I'm in front of the path station like guys are kind of yelling stuff at me I just don't feel comfortable or like safe at all so I walk over now to the cops and I was like can I just stand with you until my friend comes like yes of course and now one of them goes they, they had to be about like their 30s and he says can I ask you something do you work for the New York Jets and I'm like what in the world and I was like yeah why 
and he recognized me from Instagram. Like one of the Jets accounts reposts me a lot and he fully recognized me from that, which is crazy. So we were just talking about the Jets and stuff. And then I see my guy friend just running to me, such a king. And he thanks the cops for looking after me and we start walking away. And he was like, when you texted me cops, I fully expected to be bailing you out of jail right now. Like, <laughs> Kara, what are you doing? Um, thankfully, though, he got me back safe. Thank God for him because I should not have been alone. That is a really good friend. And my girlfriend didn't happen to have any idea about this. I told her all about the next morning because she was with the guy and I didn't want to ruin her evening. <laughs> but a similar situation with me being alone in Hoboken and really drunk happened a couple months ago. And I texted a guy for help and he fully ignored me and left me there. Never checked in with me and then like jokingly brought it up the next time I ran into him. And in my, I didn't say this to him because I never really confronted him about it. But in my head, I was just like, actually, fuck you. Like, because if something happened to me, you would have been the last person I was in contact with. Like, you're a piece of shit for that. <laughs> Anyways, though, I woke up the next morning fighting for my life with anxiety. I turned my phone on and have two Instagram DM requests. I'm sure you guys can guess where this is going. The water boy, who so kindly came out with the water bottle, messages me on Instagram asking if I got home safe, which was really nice. And I answered and thanked him for his help. I guess he saw I worked for the Jets from, like, my Instagram highlights or something. And he was like, you should take me to a Jets game. And that was that. I didn't answer. Like, you should take me to a Jets game, bro. No. Thank you for looking out for me. But do not message me to take you out here. Come on. Let me also preface this by saying is I guess I was drawing so much attention to me. Because the fact that he was in Texas, Arizona. I don't think I mentioned that. He crossed the street with this. He's like, I saw you from the window. And you looked like you could use a water. Like... I probably looked horrendous. Oh my gosh. I'm it, the hang, I'm so embarrassed at myself. This is why you never want to be a sloppy drunk. Then the other message is from, you guessed it, the cop. Such an odd message. He said something like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but we met last night and talked about the Jets. We met last night? Like, yeah, bro. You were literally the police officer I was reported to. Like, please, should you even be DMing me right now? Just say you're the officer. Why are we, like, playing dumb here? Like, oh, we met each other last night. Like, no, you fully came to, like, probably arrest me. So I thanked him, and he said something like, you weren't even that bad. Like, someone said you were face down on the sidewalk, but, like, you were totally, like, talking fine. Like, you were walking fine, so I was expecting a lot worse. Then he says, like, are you from around here? We should get drinks sometimes. And I was just like, I'm gonna be traveling the next couple weekends. Which kind of is a white lie, kind of not. I went to Charleston, and then I was in the city the following two weekends, but... I should have just said I wasn't interested, but I was nervous, and this guy did help me, so I felt bad rejecting, but I need to take my own advice and be more straightforward with intentions there. So I just never opened my DMs from him again, my bad, and I completely forgot public intoxication is a thing, and you can get arrested for it, because I was telling my friends the next day, and they were like, uh, thank God you're hot, otherwise you would have been arrested, and I was like, oh, holy fuck, like, I just figured I'm 21, I'm legally allowed to drink. But that's not how it works. I literally walked myself, like, delivered myself to the cops, too, after they were, I was reported. Like, <laughs> Jesus. But whatever. It's all good now, and it's just a funny story to tell about how I was dying on the side of the road, and two men were shooting their shot. Like, if he wanted to, he would, ladies. Because, again, I don't know if I've ever looked worse than freshly finished puking, holding my hair back, crouched on the sidewalk, clothes are, like, wrinkled, like, half on a... Uh, a whole shit show. Unreal. <laughs> Alright, moving on to our next story. This one is with my ex-boyfriend. So, my sister drove us home the 4th of July. We were at a mutual friend's house, 
And this was their first interaction since we had broken up. I'm not sure they've ever been in the same room since then, which was like so many years ago. I was leaving the party and asked if anyone needed a ride, but people were sleeping over. And then my ex was like, yeah, could I go with you? And he's pretty drunk. So he's like really not in great shape, if I'm being honest. And I texted my sister and I was like, can you take so-and-so too? And she was like, fuck no, absolutely not. He's not getting in my car. But I always preach on here, getting people home safe after drinking, no matter who the fuck it is. So I persuaded her and eventually she gives in. And my ex and I are standing in the driveway waiting for her. And I was like, I can't believe you actually took me up on the ride. And he was like, uh, you offered, like, what do you mean? I was like, no, that's just like wild that you're going to get in the car with my sister right now. Like, be prepared. She's going to go off on you. I'm trying to be a chatty Kathy, Kathy too, trying to make light, make conversation. Like, this is about to be the worst five minutes of our life. And he's being so vague with me. He won't make eye contact whatsoever, which we know is my biggest pet peeve. Like, that just grinds my fucking gears because I find it so childish. Like, especially, like, I dated you. I loved you at some point. Like, can you fucking look me in the eyes when I'm speaking? But I kept it together. Look at me, keeping my cool. (laughs) And we're, like, freaking twiddling our thumbs outside waiting for her to come. She picks us up eventually And the car ride was about as bad as you can imagine. Very tense. You could probably cut the air with the knife. Is that the saying? I don't know. But anytime he speaks or opens his mouth, she just claps back with a sarcastic remark. I taught her so well. (laughs) And I ended up being the one to kind of like try to try to like smooth everything over. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, try to bring up like funny, like mutual old stuff from the past. It was just, it was not great. Um, But we survived. And then he texted me later thanking me, which was polite and nice of him and he returned the favor later that summer he got me home safe when I was in poor shape so there's your lesson to make sure you look after people when they're drunk and get everyone home safe no matter who it is okay (laughs) next this one's a short one but we have the city flake we're hanging out we're like looking at my phone I think we're playing duolingo we can get into that later but I'm on my phone showing him something And I had recently downloaded Hinge. This was kind of after his month-long hiatus. I have 84 notifications on him. Like, I just downloaded it. It was, like, matching with people. And he goes, so how's Hinge going for you? And I was, like, internally cringed. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, But I just laughed it off, and I was totally real with him. And I was like, honestly, I just use it for attention. It's, like, flirt here and there. I would never meet up with the guy from Hinge. Which is true. I would that like freaks me out a bit, and we know I'm kind of scared of men, so <laughs> like dates. But he didn't really say anything out. Of, I don't think he really cared. Um, but like, what do you expect from me? You just disappeared from a month after our date. But like, guys, like you got to tell me, like, what are you doing if you're hanging out with a girl and and Hinge was recently downloaded with 84 notifications? Definitely a rough look for me. But I don't owe him any loyalty, especially with his inconsistency. Like. If no one's going to make it clear or say they want to be exclusive with me, then I'm free to see others. You're free to see others. Like, we haven't established that boundary. And actually, this was another rough moment. So I was talking to a guy, and it was pretty frequent. It was, like, pretty consistent, but still new. It was, like, a couple weeks. And about, like, three weeks into it, his roommate starts, like, liking my stories I should preface this by saying I knew of the roommate beforehand. Like, I already followed the inst- the roommate, but we'd never spoken. And then I started talking to this guy later on. But the roommate starts liking my stories. He's, like, sliding into my DMs. Then it just hit me that I'm up for auction. Like, this guy, I probably meant nothing to this guy. He's pro- I've probably never come up in conversation if his roommate's sliding in for me. 
Unless his roommate's a piece of shit, but I, like, highly doubt it. I think I've just never been a topic of conversation, and he just doesn't... It's not going anywhere enough for him to bring it up. So that was a humbling realization that I am up for auction there, and that I'm up for grabs here, apparently, according to this guy. But <laughs> anyways, this is a kind of controversial topic here. I guess we're going to talk about your situationship or hook friends with Ben, I don't know, hookup buddy, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Meeting your friends. Let's talk about it. So the City Flake came out and met my friends and I at the bar. He was like, can I, I think he said like, can I see you tonight? Like I'll come to you. And I was like, yeah, but like bring friends because I'm with my friends. And he ended up coming alone. I tend to play host. So I felt like since he was coming to me, I had to, like, make sure he felt comfortable, which my therapist later reminded me, like, he's a full-grown adult. Like, he can do that himself. So I didn't really introduce him to my friends because I just felt like we've, like, just kind of, we barely really know each other. We've hung out, like, once or twice. Like, there's kind of no reason for me to introduce you to the friend group right now. Like, you don't really owe them anything. You don't need their approval yet. Like, I'm not like, hey, this is guy I'm dating. Like, you're kind of just a hookup guy right now. Yikes. But he came and my friends were very, very drunk and they're very outgoing and kind of were going in on him and like making sarcastic remarks and just like kind of not, not that funny if I'm being honest. And I wasn't drunk, so I wasn't really finding it funny. It was rough. It was a very rough watch. And I was kind of like kept trying to steer him away from them because he came to see me. I wanted to talk to him, whatever. And they were just being a lot. And I wasn't on their level. He wasn't on their level. He wasn't drinking. I'm trying to figure out how to word all of this right now. So anyways, they're kind of throwing digs at him here and there. And I was just so fed up because it was almost embarrassing for me because I'm bringing this new guy around and they were acting like this and not exactly very warm and welcoming. I apologized to him for it. And the next day I texted my friends and I called them and I was just like, what the fuck was up last night? What was in the air? Like, why were you guys acting like that? Like, that wasn't really cool. I wasn't really vibing with it. First of all, they had no idea really because they were so drunk. They didn't realize that they were acting like that. And they're also very, they mentioned how it kind of bothered them, how he didn't really make any effort to talk to them or like get to know them. They were saying like they were trying to, and he just kind of seemed standoffish and I see both sides. One, I mean, he shouldn't be standoffish. Like, if someone's going to talk to you, then, like, be friendly and warm and welcoming. But two, again, he doesn't owe them anything. Like, he doesn't have to go out of his way to talk to them. Like, like we're not dating. We're not together. We're not exclusive. We've met once or twice. Like, he literally just came to, like, kind of see me. So it was, it was weird. And, and it was, like, tough to navigate. And I was like, yeah, I get what you're saying. But, like, I just kind of kept reiterating, like, if this was my boyfriend or this was someone I wanted to date, I would 100% want him to, like, kiss up to my friends and get to know them and hang out with them and, like, love them. Someone I don't really know that well yet and is just coming to meet me up at the bar and it's super casual. That, like, no. I really don't think he has to be kind of initiating any kind of conversation with you, buying you guys any drinks, anything like that. With that being said, though, there was a time when Icy Hot was at the bar with my friends and I was there too, but I wasn't around them. And I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Basically, I go up back to see my friends and they're holding up shots. And I was like, where did you get those? And they're like, he bought them for us. And it was icy hot. And I was like, oh shit, like that was really nice of him. And I guess he was kind of like talking to them a little bit, but that was kind of cool. I mean, we weren't together at all when that happened. 
but it kind of just put things into perspective a little bit. So I see both sides and like that was nice of him to do. I don't know if he was doing that with any real motive. Maybe he was just being genuine. Maybe he was kissing up to me. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's an interesting conversation and you guys can let me know what you think if your situationship or a guy you're kind of seeing casually needs to kiss up to your friends or needs to be introduced to your friends because honestly, I'm kind of voting no. Um, like I don't think there's really any reason for crossover yet unless you're seeing each other more seriously and want to date, but that wasn't our dynamic at all. Now we're transitioning into some of the questions and topics I got. First one, how to know if someone is genuinely interested in you or just trying to hook up. Number one thing is effort, I'd say. I always stress it's not about the frequency of texts. You do not need to be texting every single day for someone to be genuinely interested in you. But when you are texting, are they initiating times to see you or are they trying to get to know you more? Are they arranging plans to spend time with you or are they texting you on the weekends or night of? Like, what are you doing tonight? If he's prioritizing you, if he's making plans ahead of time, if he's asking personal questions about you, trying to get to know you, he's genuinely interested. Now, a big, another big one is if he's a man of his word. If he says he'll call you later and then he does call, if he says he's going to make reservations for you guys this weekend and he does, if he says he wants to see you this weekend and he does, then great. If his words and actions align, he's into you. If you guys are out together and he gravitates towards you a lot more or like involves you with his friends, I think that's a sign too. Hence the example earlier when I said I was up for auction with the roommate. If his roommate didn't even know like about us, then he does not like me enough. It wasn't really going anywhere. And another big factor, I would say to pay attention to how you feel after spending time with them. One of my situationships, situationships this is when I first started becoming more in tune and aware of energy and I guess reading other people and their energy. But I could have the best time with him or like so I thought and... Maybe it was just the alcohol and the chemistry or whatever, but I would leave or wake up feeling very anxious or uncomfortable. In the beginning, texts were frequent. He would ask personal questions. He would try to get to know me. Like, when we were out together, we were, like, with each other most of the night. Like, I don't like the interrogation either where I feel like I'm just the only one asking questions because then it's just, like, awkward. Like, do you want to know anything about me? What's going on here? And when we would meet up, so fun, so exciting. I would, like, totally pick out my outfit. <laughs> That's, I talked about this previously. That is the best feeling as a girl, like, knowing you're going to see a guy out that night, getting, like, the whole all ready, you're excited, you're, like, flirting over text, you can't wait, you're pre-gaming. Okay, anyways, haven't had that in a minute. But <laughs> communication started to slow, like, only texted if I was going to be going out that night. And internally, I was feeling very empty after. I would just feel more anxious and subconsciously then I knew it was just kind of like he was just kind of playing me at that point so you'll know everything is energy pay attention to how you feel after spending time with someone that was my long ass answer but you get the gist here next one say one or two of your favorite memories with the city flake icy hot 1.0 and 2.0 this one took me a minute to brainstorm so I had to jot down the notes beforehand here city flake favorite memory um we stayed up late talking one night and I just love talking to getting talking and getting to know new people and hearing about their own lives and experiences. He's a very intelligent man. He's very culturally aware too, which is cool and different. I'm not going to get too much into that, but he just has like a very unique perspective and a lot of knowledge about stuff I've never thought that much into. So he's very intriguing to talk to. And I was learning Arabic on Duolingo. As we know, we were looking at my phone together, but we were doing that on my phone. He was just making me laugh. So that was a good memory, and the other one would be the date he took me on because he got me out of my comfort zone with actually being alone with a man and, like, kind of sober. 
but he was a gentleman that night and just had a lot of fun with him. He took me to things I never really even heard of or experienced before. So he's an exciting person. Icy Hot 1.0. He's from a long time ago, so I can't think of too much here. But what came to mind when I was brainstorming was when we randomly crossed paths one summer evening and we ended up going on a walk and he, like, we were at a bar and we just, like, randomly walk into each other on the streets. But he kind of apologized and took full accountability for everything that went down between us and how he treated me. There was someone else in the picture for him at that time, so it wasn't at all flirty vibes. But then we were just, like, walking, catching up on life. And it was a good conversation and wholesome, so that's a fond memory I have. And he is, to this date, the only man that has ever actually owned up to the, his wrongdoings or admitted to not treating me well. So I have a lot of respect for him for doing that. It's not easy taking responsibility for your own actions, but he was self-aware and handled it really well. I always tell you guys, closure comes when you no longer need it. And this was the night I was introduced to Icy Hot 2.0, full circle moment. I actually recently came across a Snapchat. I was going through my Snap memories one day and found this one. The Snap memories are so funny, I gotta go through that more. But I met when I met Icy Hot 2.0, this is a little embarrassing for me to admit, but I think I've said it on the podcast before, he was my middle school crush and just did not ever cross paths. Like, I think I literally did not see him for eight or nine years and really ever think about him. And our mutual friend goes, Icy Hot, have you ever met my friend Kara before? He says, no, we go in for the hug. And then he says, are you guys friends from school? Like asking if I'm her college friend. Immediately humbled. Shut down. My mood goes down. <laughs> like, no, babe. I went to the same middle school as you. I saw you in the hallways. I was in love with you. Like, you don't remember me? <laughs> but I had no interest. I was like, forget this guy. What the hell? I'm going to find my other friends then. And I don't even remember seeing him again that night. But he was in the background of a picture I took with my friend, too. And then later, I went up to one of my best friends. And I was like, I just saw my middle school crush. And he had no idea who I was. And I took a Snapchat of, like, my reaction. It's so fucking funny. I'm like, I'm, like, pissed. And I was, like, already so over it. I had, this is, like, the beginning stage of me going out. Like, I kind of, like, recently turned 21. I hadn't really been to the bars yet. Like, my first experience of seeing the love of my life from middle school. <laughs> I captioned it, never meet your heroes. <laughs> and I sent him that recently because I was just cracking up at that. Like, not me calling this man my hero. Like, please. <laughs> He may not have known who I was then, but he sure as heck will never forget me now. I've made sure of that. But uh, Icy Hot's gotta love them. Okay, Icy Hot 2.0 memories. Um, I feel like I already said one, but this randomly came to me when I was reading the prompts. I almost forgot about this. But one night we were in the car with his friends. I was being pretty quiet, wasn't really speaking. It was one of those nights where I was just kind of zoning out, recharging the battery. And someone made a playful comment. They were just kind of like, Carol, you're being so boring. Like, let's go. You're not even talking. And Icy Hot pipes up and he's like, said something along the lines of like, ah, like leave her, cut her some slack. Like she's had a long night being a social butterfly. Something like that. But I thought that was so nice. Like the other person wasn't being malicious at all. It wasn't like a mean thing. But him kind of like speaking up and defending me in a way, that kind of meant a lot. I like, I liked that. And I just thought of that recently and I was like, oh, like that was cute. We should have hugged it out after that. No, I'm kidding. But we weren't even together at that point like we kind of recently reconnected ish but we weren't like seeing each other at all at the time or really talking so for him to step up I admired that and I kind of wish I told him that in the moment because 
I think affirmations are important. You know, once you like something, you got to tell them. But second memory would probably be this past summer. I won't really get into how this came about, but basically we randomly FaceTimed one night and I just remember like cracking up and we were just going back and forth saying stuff. So that was cool. But the common theme here with guys is being good at conversation and making me laugh. That's really what I'm getting at here. That's the that's the spark notes. Now we're getting juicy and personal here. So someone sent in, I'm able to be more confident in a dating or public setting, but I recently found myself in a physical situation and found that I wasn't confident in the bedroom and wasn't and was like my old self going along with the guy what the guy wanted instead of being assertive and confident in the situation. Do you have any tips on how to carry myself more confidently when it comes to hooking up with someone? So I'm going to try my best here, but I do kind of try to dance around the topic of intimacy. As we know, I don't really share personal experiences too much into depth. Very private because of a very, very vast audience, but I'm going to try my best here. Tips to being confident in the bedroom. Honestly, I think this varies a lot depending on comfortability, which is why I shy away from one night stands or random hookups because personally... I'm not going to feel comfortable with some random person or really be able to communicate well with them, which can go both ways because I can also see it as like, maybe you'll never see them again. So go for it and be open to communicating because you have nothing to lose. Without a doubt though, it helps if this is someone you've been spending time with and getting to know. It's uncomfortable though, like in my opinion, initiating conversation or sharing what you're into. I wish guys initiate this conversation more because I know I'm personally nervous too. So if they did, start that topic of conversation or ask questions, then I would be more open to sharing. But we have to give them grace, though, because they're not mind readers. If we're not into something, we should communicate that. So number one in every area of relationships, it's always going to be communication, I think, especially with this, too. Now, when you say you're going along with what the guy wants, I mean, first, please make sure it's something you are comfortable with. I'm going to add that reminder with women here that you could say no at any time. But if it's something you're not into or you don't enjoy then that's when you have to speak up, even if you're nervous about how they might react. I'm not saying you have to be like, hey, this sucks, I'm bored, like, let's wrap it up. No, that's a horrible time to be straightforward. Like, there's been certain scenarios, whether it's with friends or guys, where I've told my therapist, like, I'm nervous to say this to them because of how they might react. I'm not trying to attack them, but this is how they're making me feel. And she was like, Kara, tell them exactly that. Like, tell them exactly what you were saying to me right now. Be vulnerable, let them in, tell them you're nervous and that this is a difficult conversation for you to bring up but you know it's important to communicate about it now guys have very fragile egos especially with sex so if you aren't enjoying something i'd give them a compliment first maybe say like i like when you do blank how about we try blank now whatever you are not satisfied with frame it in a positive context like make it more of an open dialogue so he can communicate to what he's into if you just go on with a critique or something negative He's not even going to hear the rest of what you just have to say. They're going to shut down. Everyone has different wants and needs, so it's definitely an important conversation to have. But I feel you, and it's 100% an intimidating conversation, especially when you're feeling like a boss woman in every other environment. And then the bedroom just feels a little bit more daunting. I get that. And that's why I value so much being with a guy that can have tougher conversations with me, effectively communicate, and can take the lead on those situations. Yeah, I may show up as an assertive boss woman in my career and other areas of my life, but there are scenarios when I want a man to step up and take charge, give me guidance, and make me feel safe and secure and comfortable. Not just, like, life in general, I'm saying here, 
But yeah, to reiterate my top points, communication, because I think once you open that conversation, you'll already feel more confident when there's no guessing game. And when you frame it in a light of trying new things together, that's not negative, like, at all. You want to experience something different, and I think that's exciting, and I'm going to say beautiful, which makes me, like, cringe, it sounds so cheesy, but experiencing new things with someone that you're developing a connection with is exciting. And if they react poorly, then it sounds like someone that might not be worth your time if they're not even open to having that conversation with you. And if this is someone you don't feel comfortable speaking up to or saying no to, then this is definitely not someone you should be with. For more specific tips, though, on being confident and assertive with hooking up, I don't want to get into that too much on the podcast yet. Maybe eventually I'll open that door, but that is too vulnerable for me to be sharing, so I'm trying to gloss over that. But I would literally Google tips to being confident in the bedroom, and I'm sure there are a lot of female empowerment sites that will go into that. Take it all with a grain of salt, though, because it all comes down to your comfortability. And I read everything else you wrote as well. So thank you for your support. I appreciate you. And I'm rooting for you. You sound like you're killing it. So another one I got, someone said, I'm talking to a new guy and some girls that I'm not that close with have warned me about him. How do I know if they're looking out for me or have another motive? This is a tricky one and a bit controversial, but I have some personal experiences too with this. So I'm going to unpack that and then we'll get into how to handle it. So one time I had been approached by girls in the bar. Essentially, this girl just said, I heard you're hooking up with so-and-so. Just so you know, he's known for blank. I'm not really going to get into too much of that. And said some negative things he's known for doing to girls he's seeing, dating, whatever. And this is very random. It caught me off guard because I'm not really familiar with this person. I'm not sure how she knew I used to see him in the first place. But I wasn't anymore at the time when she said that. We hadn't been talking for a while. And to be honest, I felt a million different things in that moment. Like I was like embarrassed. I was anxious and I was a bit mad to it. Like everyone involved. It just rubbed me the wrong way how she went about telling me this. Like it felt very messy and just not genuine. Like we're both drunk at the bar right now. Why are you coming up to me right now to tell me this? Like this was never going to end with like a good happy ending here. (laughs) And you don't even know me. So I find it hard to believe you care about me not getting hurt by this guy, but whatever. So I finally found the words because my mom is going a million miles a minute, and I ended up defending him, surprisingly, and I said something like, honestly, that doesn't really sound like him or his character, but we're not together, so that's not my business. She says something else, and I make another comment defending him, which is just wild, because he treated me like trash, and I text him after, and in hindsight, this was a terrible idea, because the only reaction he was going to have is, who told you that? And this is always messy, because when you tell someone you heard something, they're going to want to know the source. And I'm stubborn as fuck and I will never write out my sources. So learn from my mistakes. If you don't plan on telling them who said it, then keep your mouth shut because they're going to go down the rabbit hole playing the guessing game. But I'm drunk. I'm embarrassed. I'm annoyed because I just stood up for this guy and I'm going off on him. Like, are you kidding? Did you do this, this, and this? And he just replied like, what? I think he literally just said what? I finally come to my senses and I was like, I'm told myself I was like I'm drunk this is a terrible time to bring up this like don't have this conversation right now like talk about this tomorrow I didn't answer though that's like that's what I said in my head he calls me in the morning and was like what the fuck's going on kind of and I tell him what happened and basically that I'm embarrassed if they're right and I'm standing there looking like a fool standing up for him which is a me problem because that's my character he didn't ask me to do that but he's someone I care about and it rubbed me the wrong way how they brought it up so I jumped to his defense again me problem He's badgering me, and he was like, who told you that? Like, 
I'm not, and then I'm not telling him, and he pulls the classic guy move, the gaslighting. He's like, well, if you don't tell me, then you made it up. He's like, I don't believe you. You're making this up. And I was just so fed up at this point. I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I made this up. Good chat. Goodbye. But, like, what? I Yeah, I pulled specific examples from before I knew you out of thin air because how else would I know about them? Like, I still have no fucking idea what the truth is. I honestly do not care now. I was just mad at him for making me look like a fool standing up for him if this was true. But again, me problem. And another example, actually, I was at a bar and a girl comes up to me. This is very random. And she goes, I heard you hooked up with so-and-so recently. How did that start? And she says that while his ex-girlfriend is standing right next to me. I was pissed. Like, so manipulative, shitty move by her, the catty, petty. I'm not even good friends with either of them. And I responded like, oh, I'm pretty private about that stuff. I don't like to talk about it. And I walked away. The point is, I think you'll just know someone's intentions by how they handle it. Handle it. There's very few cases where someone's being a girl's girl. Like, I think there's usually a motive behind that stuff, honestly. If it's your best friend telling you they've heard stuff and a guy's bad news, different story. But people you don't really know who do not have your best interest in mind, it's not their business. I would take whatever they say with a grain of salt. You might not listen to any of them. You might think you know him best and everyone else is wrong, like the delusion of love. But sometimes you have to learn your own lessons and maybe they'll end up being right. But you can't control that. I think you just have to base it off of how they treat you and maybe keep it in the back of your mind. But so something important to remember is that if you choose to overlook whatever happened, then you can't pull that out in your back out of your back pocket at a later time. That's not fair to the other person. If you are going to continue continue seeing them and forgive it or whatever the fuck happens, then you have to let it go. And if you can't, then walk away. Like I told this guy I didn't care and it wasn't my business and I stuck by that. I never shoved it in his face again or brought it up as ammunition. It's not cool to be petty like that. If you said you're going to move forward from it, then you have to do so. I think it only actually came up with us like once more and he was the one that brought it up and initiated it and I tried not to feed into it too much because I knew it was like a touchy subject but those are just important things to keep in mind. Next question, couple left here. Thoughts on blocking a guy and unfollowing after you stop seeing each other and then refollowing later on. Yikes, I've touched on this very long time ago. I think it was maybe how to get them back episode. But I'm typically an advocate for unfollowing or blocking when things end. And this isn't a malicious thing at all. I see it as something for my own peace of mind. If I'm trying to get over someone, I don't want to see what they're up to. I don't want anything to do with them. Out of sight, out of mind. Get rid of the temptation of reaching out to. Now, I've also like removed people from following me because I was just like, you don't even deserve access to me or see what I'm up to. Like, now you have to go out of your way to, like, keep up with me. <laughs> but if you're trying to get over someone or it's a toxic dynamic, block them, remove them, whatever. My ex, I think, followed my health account, too, and, like, a couple other guys I was involved with. And I, like, removed them from it because it just kind of made me anxious and insecure when I would, like, share very vulnerable stuff on there and, like, they were seeing it. And I knew they were in probably... I knew it was probably going over their head and they're not my, like specific audience if I could say that nicely like when I like speak on the podcast I know that some people listen like send it around and like that's not my audience that's not who I'm catering to right now like if it's going over your head it's probably not the type of people I like to surround myself with but okay so anyways like I said block toxic people because you're never going to truly get over someone until you go no contact first if you're checking in here and there or you're calling it mutual and you're still talking to them you've never actually lived without having access to them. 
go no contact for two months. It sucks. It's not fun. It's the worst thing ever, especially with breakups. But whenever my friends ask for advice, I always tell them no contact. It does work. That's the only way you're going to get past it. And I would only add them back if you feel secure with yourself again. And that's like something you have to actually be truthful about with yourself. Like if you, if there may be a reoccurring character in your life, you're on fine terms now and you truly don't care. You went the no contact for some months. Great. But if you're going to go back down the rabbit hole and read into everything again, like it's just not worth it. It's really not. And if someone's like very inconsistent in my life, I probably won't add them back because I'm like, then I'm going to want to remove that. It's just going to be a pattern. And the pattern's pathetic and embarrassing. Like, if it's becoming an every week then thing where you're, like, unadding them and then you get drunk and you add them back, it's just, it's a lot. It's it's a bad look for you. I've been there again. I've done that with my toxic one. Literally every week we were fighting, apologizing. It was exhausting. Then we had both finally removed each other on everything and it was, like, almost a year of absolutely no contact, no nothing. And here he is again now. But that's just my to sense on it and I actually recently thought about blocking the city flakes number and again that wasn't malicious at all I didn't end up doing it but it's not with malicious intentions at all I just was like I'm scared of the temptation when he texts me again it's inevitable and he's probably going to reach out say all the right things and ask me ask to take me out and I'm scared I'll go when he's been nothing but a flake and I said that to my therapist and she said to leave it and like handle it how I see fit when the time comes take my own advice figure out my own intentions beforehand like if I want to have a fun night with him and no expectations go for it but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be upset if he's still a piece of shit then no last question before the finale what is the top personality trait I need in a guy humor 100% I mention this often here but I have a very dry overly sarcastic sense of humor and I need to be with someone that understands it can keep up with my sarcasm dish it back and has me cracking up too. I don't I want to be the star of the show all the time. Like I love a man that makes me crack up laughing. I've talked to guys at the bar or met guys where I'm just like making sarcastic remarks and they're just taken back or just like not picking up what I'm putting down. And I just can't do that. I can't be with someone that's going to be take everything I say so personally or seriously. I like to joke around, have flirty banter. If you're being sensitive, we're just never going to work. <laughs> but so now, for the finale, we have been waiting for my 2023 dating awards. We're just going to rattle these off. This episode has been so freaking long. My back is hurting. But <laughs> some of these ideas you guys sent me in, so thank you. The Woe Award, the worst of all time, is for none other than the engaged man. This was a tie with my toxic situationship, but I think engaged man takes the cake. It doesn't get too much worse than talking to a girl two weeks before you propose to your supposed girlfriend of seven years or snapping here a year later while you're still engaged. Most likely to go ghost and pop up again. All of them, but probably mostly the city flake. He wins this one. Most likely to drunk text me. Icy Hot 1.0, or my toxic one. Most outgoing, my fiancé, aka FBI man. Most likely to be there for me if I called them and needed help. Icy Hot 1.0. Best to bring home to mom and dad. This one heart. This was this stumped me for a bit. And I have no idea because I'm not really sure what they're like around parents. But I'd have to say maybe the city flake since he's older and can hopefully hold a conversation. And maybe Icy Hot 2.0. I think I've seen him talk to parents before. Maybe. But most likely to run into and flirt with in five years. That's got Icy Hot 2.0 written all over it. <laughs> White Knight most likely to protect me. 
maybe my fiance. I'm not sure if the FBI was a lie or not, like if he's actually going into it. But if he is, then my money is on him. Who was I most recently in contact with out of all the characters? Icy Hot 2.0. That's when I sent him that Snapchat I mentioned about my hero. <laughs> Best banter. Ugh, Icy Hot 2.0. He probably wins that one. Best hugs. None of them are really huggers. I don't think any of them would like come up and hug me. I do like hugs, though. I'm not big on PDA, but I like a good hug. They're, like, so wholesome and safe. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. I don't remember the last time I hugged one of them, but I'm going to say Icy Hot 1.0, even though he's the least recent. Most likely to abandon me drunk. Mm, he knows who he is, so I'm not going to yell that out. Most PDA, FBI, man, for sure. That was a little gross. Oops, that was kind of mean, but it was just a lot for me. Best advice... I don't really have a consistent relationship with any of them where I'd be telling them my life problems, but I potentially say City Flake. Most likely to be friends with Icy Hot 1.0. Most inconsistent. That would be the Icy Hots. That's what they do best. Hot and cold. That's not a flex, by the way. Best date award, City Flake, because he's the only one that's taking me out out of those characters. Most improved. I think I'll have to give this to Icy Hot 2.0. He was swimming upstream for the first six to seven months of the year. For sure canceled, but he worked his way back to my good graces. I enjoyed our last couple of rea uh, interactions, and maybe that's because there's just nothing left for us to beef about. We already got out of our system, but <laughs> I'll give him credit. I hope it lasts, so congratulations, King. Most improved. <laughs> oh, God. Most valuable player, MVP. I think I have to say the City Flake for the sole reason that I've learned a lot of lessons here about what I will and will not accept from a potential partner. And I've been good about standing on business here. And he is currently canceled, but I enjoyed myself when I was spending time with him. And I know he'll be back probably in 2024. So <laughs> MVP. But that is it for the awards and the grand finale of my 2023 dating moments. Some more mindset and lifestyle episodes coming up, and I'll touch on the topic of dating as it comes and goes. There were some rather unfortunate moments along the way, but we'll just use that as some learning lessons and opportunities for growth. I feel like I'm in a good place internally, and going into the new year open-minded with no one in particular really in the picture, so we'll see how this Brady debut goes and New Year's Eve. Everyone, please be safe. Make decent decisions for wherever you end up New Year's Eve. That is my favorite holiday, so it better be good for me. But I love you all and appreciate you all. Go stand on business and level up, and I will talk to you in 2024.